Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Nelly. I'm really excited, you know, to have this conversation with you. You know, I watched your interview with Ralph and it was very inspiring, you know, to see people that are really interested and passionate about community development, especially with the youth. But, you know, as we dive into this, I'm curious, like what really, you know, sparked that flame of like wanting to be really involved in community development, especially with young kids. Because I feel like in St. Martin, they always say like the youth is the future and then just leave us out to dry, you know, when it's like really, when it really matters. Um, But, you know, when you see people that are really about it and actually taking action, you know, it's so refreshing to see. But yeah, what sparked that flame of even going down this path of, you know, helping build our youth to be the incredible light that they are. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Really grateful to be here with you. I like to give backstories of where I get my spark from. And uh, growing up on St. Martin, I felt like um, I was always the outsider, that I never connected with anyone. And whenever I look for guidance, it would never be the guidance that I would expect or need. And because of that, I felt like, you know, um, St. Martin was not a place for me to feel free to express who I am. And uh, unfortunately, that let me think of St. Martin in a bad way. And when I went away to study in the Netherlands, Mm. I found a community that was open. I found mentors that guide me and it allowed me to um, express my emotions. It allowed me to grow. It allowed me to learn. And I was around so many different ethnicities, nationalities, different personalities. So it allowed me to grow on a different level. And that growth made me feel something, something that made me feel that I was part of Mm. a bigger picture. And it gave me purpose. And when I felt that purpose, I said that I don't think I'm the only one that felt like this when I was back on the island. Like I felt like an outsider that I never connected with anyone. And I wanted to make sure that I became a person that when a younger um, person wants to look up to or needs help, that I can guide them, that I can show them, like, hey, you know, it's safe for you to be open. It's safe for you to be different. It's safe for you to express yourself emotionally. You can sound different. You can look different. You can Hmm. do whatever you want. Um, as long as it's positive and it's influ- influencing your society in a good way and have an impact, you can do anything that you want. And if you put your mind to it, you can, you know, achieve your goals. So that's what sparked it. And I wanted to be that difference in my community for the youth. That's beautiful. I feel like, yeah, that's such a relatable story because, you know, it's funny because St. Martin is such a diverse community, But because it's such a small island, there is sort of this like pressure to conform, you know, almost like you kind of have to be a certain type of way. And if you're not, then you you are automatically looked at as this like outsider or different. Um, And that it can really be, I feel like, hard for kids, especially to figure out how do you articulate a voice when everything around you is telling you to do the opposite of that. And I think it's really incredible for you that you did find spaces that allowed you to grow because I think like sometimes like they say like it's really good for you to leave the island because you get those experiences but I also feel like it's kind of a shame that you even have to leave your own home to be able to grow and become who you are supposed to be. Like you would think that 
your home would be the place that would nurture that for you. And I think it's like, yeah, really incredible that you're giving that space or creating that space for children today, because I think like it's so important to be able to have a space where you can just be yourself, voice your opinions, even if it's like you're the only one that thinks that because at least like it gives you space to really like one, get challenged, you know, understand Am I thinking about things right? Are there other opinions that can help me grow? But really it just like allows you to be seen, which I think is like really, really important for children. It's just to be seen and acknowledged of like, yes, you're here. Yes, your opinions matter. And like someone actually takes you seriously. And it's not just like, yeah, but you're a kid. So you don't really know anything. So, you know, just sit down and shut up and don't have an opinion. Just do what you're supposed to do because I told you so. Uh yeah, that's that's very refreshing to hear. And I'm curious, like, I know you mentioned like before we started that, you know, you're into jujitsu and all of that stuff. Was that something that you had explored locally or was it also like something that you discovered abroad that you are doing more here and is very much, yeah. you know, very youth involved and, you know, helping you build strength and also feel empowered? Um, but yeah, I feel like self-defense is also really good. And I feel like those Eastern practices really help you not only sharpen your mind, but like your body and give you like really great awareness and like just like a lot of great practices that help you in just your overall development outside of the actual practice of jujitsu, you know? I started doing judo here on the island and uh, I was part of the national team. Um, so I won wow. medal for St. Martin as well. I got some other medals, but that was locally. And I really love um, Asian culture. Uh, I love Japanese culture. So when mm. the connection between judo and Japan, that enlightened some a flame inside of me. And I just wanted to learn more about all martial arts. Um, it became a passion for me. So mm. St. Martin. And for me, when I was younger, I was thinking um, this national pride, you know, representing my island, um, going to the Olympics and bringing back home the gold for St. Martin so that we all can celebrate, you know, have a parade or something like that. That was like my mindset. So I used to travel often. And um, uh, so, so I have my, my dad is from Haiti and my mom's from Dominican Republic. So I would travel with my birth certificate. That was back. Um, when you could travel with your birth certificate to other Dutch islands. Um, so I went and I traveled mm. and I fought and I came back and I used to wear my medal to school and I was so proud to be a St. Martiner. You know, I was like, yes, you know, I achieved this for my island, for my nation, and I can't wait to make it to the Olympics. And then um, one experience really um, made me stop uh, training in uh, martial arts here was when I went to go and travel to St. Kitts and I used my Haitian passport. And then I got by mm. uh, immigration and they questioned me and I was like a kid, you know, and they were asking me so much different questions, like who my parents are, um, do I have my papers, uh, um, am I undocumented? And, you know, I was like looking at them like, am I supposed to be answering all these questions with you adults? Like for what? No, like <laughs> I just came from fighting yeah. and you guys didn't hold me here for, for um, interrogation and asking me about my documents or anything like that. So I felt like um, that connection was severed and I lost my love, my mm. love for the island when that happened. So I stopped doing martial arts and I stopped 
representing my country in that way and believing in my country because my country treated me in such a bad way after I represented mm. and meddled for my country. And I, I sacrificed blood, literally um, sweat, <laughs> you know, tears. Um, I, 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 I bled, I sweat on the mat, you know, I cried. So it, it was very emotional for me to go through something like that as a kid. Um, it, of course, it was traumatizing. And, and yeah, mm. that, that just left a, a very bad taste um, in my mind about St. Martin, how they treat the youth. However, I followed uh, martial arts uh, a little bit in the Netherlands um, by myself. Um, I did boxing with uh, some guys from Latvia, so I, I trained with them. And I feel like martial arts is a good mm. tool in order for you to develop discipline, a good tool in order for you to be healthy. Um, and it's good for self-control as well. And in the unfortunate circumstances, if you're ever in a dangerous situation, you know, you can de-escalate the situation, get out of it and get help. You know, I would never condone violence or um, anything like that. I would always advocate for defending yourself, de-escalating, looking for help. So in that aspect, um, sports mm. is very um, important to me. It's a big part of my life. And like I said, I just came from jiu-jitsu training and, you know, I, the, the spark to represent my island came back again and I'm practicing for competitions actually to go to St. Bart's. So, yeah, I mean, I had a negative experience when I was a teenager. However, I think that when I went to the Netherlands and I started to heal and I went to a therapist and um, started to talk about my different childhood trauma, mm. That's that allowed me to become the person that I am today to forgive what my island did to me. And I know it's not only me. I know there's a lot of different nationalities here on this island who uh, are born from foreign parents. But then, uh, you know, when you go to school, you're teased or when you're mm. in certain um, um, communities, you know, they say something mm -hmm. about um, your community. And, you know, it's not a good thing to be around. But I want to be the change in that community to make sure that persons like that are educated to change their language and to accept people that have foreign background. Because we all have foreign backgrounds, but we need to live in harmony together with each other. Um, and I know that's not all related to martial arts. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just so interconnected, you know? Yeah. No, it totally is. I mean, at first I was about to be like, oh, you're trying to be the next Hokage. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I see it. I see it. But no, I I feel like that that story of what children, especially, especially children of immigrants have to deal with, especially because like when you're a kid, like and you're born in a country, you don't go about thinking, oh, I'm I don't belong here. I'm not a part of this community. Like you're from there. So it's like you automatically have this like just passion and pride for your island and wanting the best for your island and then when people are like wait no you're not you are actually part of us then it kind of like you really feel like you're on your own island and like who do you belong to and I so relate to that because like my parents also were immigrants that moved to the island. My father moved from India um, and my mother moved from St. Kitts and Nevis uh, like when she was a child. And so it's always sort of been like this 
but are you really a same partner? Because like technically, I don't have generation upon generation of clout to pull back on and say, well, you know, my great 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 grandmother lived here, and like I don't have necessarily those stories to connect to. But when I think about like who I represent. Day in and day out, I'm gonna be like, I'm a Saint Martin. Like even in my job, like I'm always repping my island, regardless of that fact. But it is so hurtful. I can only, like, I already know, like as a kid, and I, I can relate to the things that you hear people say, especially about Haitians in the Caribbean. Like the whole narrative about that community is just so toxic and so like very, very hurtful. Especially when this was a group that literally broke slavery within the Caribbean. You know, they were the first people that actually stood up for freedom for for everybody and they weren't just doing it for them, they did it for everyone within the region. And to see the backlash that your own community would like trigger onto you when you fought so hard as a people to fight for the freedom for everyone, to me it's just like it doesn't even make sense like at all to me that we would even look at like our own brethren as other and it's like for me kind of this weird like post colonial brainwashing that it seems like the caribbean still needs to go through because it's like we view ourselves as separate islands and i'm like well first of all who put that idea in our minds in the first place that because we were on separate islands that we are not brothers and sisters to each other and that we are not one and as a result like you see these lines being drawn within the own region and like I, I've seen this too at many regional competitions of like oh you were colonized by the British well we can't mess with you because you were colonized by the Dutch and we don't we don't rock with y'all and it's just like what are you talking about like you're defending the lines that were drawn by your colonizer like what like I just like it's so backhanded you know in a way that it's just like it doesn't make like I even as a kid like it would fill me with rage like really and truly because it was just like are you kidding me like are you actually kidding me but it's like this mindset has been so deeply like seeded in the minds of the people that like you see it show up all the time in just the way that we like interact with each other and it's so detrimental because it it hurts children and you see the trauma and you have to go to therapy to like work through all of that pain and anger of like just hurt that you had to experience that wasn't even your burden to bear you know what I mean like it's just the aftermath of all of this trauma that's happened to the region that we still have not made the space to even have the conversations to really work through that collectively you know it's like each of us as individuals has to go and do that healing work for ourselves so that when we interact with people going forward we don't perpetuate the same hurt that was put on to us when we were children and I think it's very commendable that you did go to therapy to deal with that because I can only imagine, you know, like just the narrative of being a Haitian man in the Caribbean is such an identity of its own that comes with so much that like having to heal that so you don't have to feel insecure or like shameful of who you are because your people are incredible. Like they are the freaking freedom fighters, you know, for the region. And that is not something to ever feel ashamed about ever. Um, 
and yeah, like to ensure that kids have the proper language today to have those types of conversations and to acknowledge when they are perpetuating ignorance is so important in shifting the paradigm for our communities because otherwise we're going to continue in this cycle, you know, and it's like, who are we doing this for? Like we're just continuing the the brainwashing of colonizers that aren't even here putting us in chains anymore. It's like, you know, when Bob Marley says like mental slavery, it's like we need to break that chain within our own mind because otherwise we're just continuing the hurt that they perpetuated on us. And like, why, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for your passion, your passionate words. I can see that uh, um, either you were educated or you did your research on the Haitian Revolution and the impact that it had in the Caribbean or um, Latin America indirectly and directly in the United States. So it had a, a, a global impact. So I really thank you for this. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to... I want to explore two topics, you know, especially the narrative of you, uh, foreign people or foreigners, um, kids not being actual St. Martin, mm. because you can't trace back um, how far they go in St. Mm. Martin. I love to read. I love history. I have a deep passion for history. And I decided that I would go often to the library when I come to St. Martin. But before then, I used to go to the library when the library bus used to come. I used to take a lot of books. I don't know if you remember that time or if that happened at your school. See, I was reading this book that, uh, that uh, details the history of St. Martin. And the history of St. Martin started off as, you know, the, the chain of islands that were once inhabited by indigenous people. These indigenous people came from Colombia, off the coast of Colombia, and they had very intricate um, networking that they did from um, island to island. Um, so that was something mm. that was established hundreds of years, hundreds of years before actual uh, African enslaved people came to the Caribbean by their colonial masters, by their slave masters. Um, mm. So that's why it's very important for us to understand history and understand how that intertwines with the present. Um, because these people, the modern day people of Colombia, of Latin America, these are the same people that people from St. Martin say that they're undocumented or foreign people. However, they were the first inhabitants of the island. And it's in the history books of St. Martin. It's in the library. I have the book, you know, and it's important that you understand history so that you don't say these untruths, that you don't say, the, don't say these uneducated opinions because it's not, it's not fact. And the fact is, is that these people were the original people that were here, but then, you know, the history of Christopher Columbus come in and different colonial countries mm. to colonize these islands. And then, you know, um, they kill them, um, they enslave them. A lot of disease spread, disease, wiped disease them spread. out. They were wiped out, you know, and some of them survived. Not all of them died. And, the peop and those people who look mm. Hispanic, um, if you want to give that a certain look, because Hispanic 
means that you speak Spanish, but you know your ethnicity can be black, it can be Asian, it can be um, Indian. So if you want to say that these people are undocumented or they are not from St. Martin, you know, we can trace back also African people, African descendants of slaves, where they came from the West Coast of Africa as well. So if you want to go into looking back how far you are from St. Martin, Facts. let's let's look back and see how far these indigenous people were living here because they were the first. And we learned that when we were in elementary, you know, the Caribs, the Arawaks, you know, in Puerto Rico, you have Boricuas. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I think we have to be mindful in the language that we use, as you said. Um, it's important that we understand where we came from and how we are going to live holistically in harmony together with each other. So that's that's one thing that I wanted to um, to, to emphasize. And then the second thing is, you know, that social conditioning to to have that colonized mindset. I feel that's detrimental to our society because, you know, we are following practices, discrimination practices that were. Um, originally set by our oppressors. And now we're becoming oppressors of other people, allowing them to feel accepted within our society. Preach. And to, you know, express their culture. Preach. And how could you do the same thing that your oppressors did to people who look exactly like you, you know? So I'm baffled sometimes when I see certain people treat other people um, in these sorts of ways. So those are the two things that I wanted to emphasize and highlight. <laughs> now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all, and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. Facts, 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 facts. Like, I'm just like, you spit in the truth, my man's like, oh, like, it's just, and it's so ironic to me, though, because it's like, you would think that given the fact that you come from a history that your people were subjugated to such kinds of torture, that you of all people would know better. But it's like, no, it's like, somehow these seeds of like, of just like all of these untruths continue to grow and it's like almost like you you develop circles where that type of language is rewarded like it's funny like oh you the jokester ha 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 and people like start to build like these identities and like our ego sort of construct a framework around these seeds of untruth and they continue to spread and grow because then you don't know anything else other than these like 
these ideas that you've sort of built your entire framework around, but all of it is rooted in this sort of colonial history that if you, like you say, if you're not educated to really understand the facts and, you know, one of the unfortunate things that I've, I experienced growing up on the island, um, especially at the schools that I went to was St. Martin history was not a priority. Like in terms of the types of history that I was for, well, I wouldn't say forced to learn because. I did like learning in general, but it was really emphasis on everyone else's history, but not our own history. So it was like American history, European history, world history. You know, you learn all the ancient civilizations of India and Egypt and Mesopotamia, but you never learn about the Arawaks and the Caribs and exactly like how did these people migrate amongst the islands to create you know, the region that we know as the Caribbean. And like, even the Caribbean, was that even the name that the original indigenous people called the islands? Like St. Martin isn't even St. Martin's original name. You know what I mean? It's our colonized name and we continue to go by it. And it's just like a lot of these things that you wonder, you know, we say that we're in this post-colonial world, but are we really? You know, it's like sort of like we we did all this marketing work to make it look as though, yeah, you know, they're free nations. These people are free, but really and truly they are continuing to perpetuate the same narratives and live in the same paradigm that caused them so much suffering to begin with. But instead, now they internalize it as their own identity. So you no longer need a slave master or a colonizer to tell you how to drive difference, you know, how to divide the house because the people will do it themselves. And I see it everywhere. And it's just kind of like, when are people going to recognize that we all need to do this internal work? Like it's really and truly internal work to go back to our roots to truly understand who we are and stop trying to kid ourselves and trying to be this sort of like capitalistic island nation which is like not what we were ever meant to be to begin with like these are all like other ideas of how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to be deemed successful as a nation and I'm like yeah but when we go back to our roots, when we go back to the fact that we are of nature, you know, we are stewards of nature, we are small island communities that live in synchronicity with nature. All of these, oh, we need to develop our land, we need to build all of these businesses, we need to have all of these infrastructure. It it just does not resonate with like who we are as people, as as island people. And yeah, I, I'm really, really grateful that you're there and really trying to make this shift for people to recognize that these narratives and this identity that we've constructed for ourselves was given to us. It is not our own and it is time that we relinquish that, let it go. Even though it's scary, I think sometimes to sort of rebuild who you are. But I think it's so important because when you build yourself up from the truth, the truth of who you are, like deep within us, not what someone told you, but that deep knowing from within our soul, you recognize that we have gone so far off the path of who we were meant to be. And you see it reflected in the way that our land is today, the way that our resources are depleted, the types of waste that we generate to pollute our own environment, the types of you know Ill- illnesses that then show up in our community, 
whether it be physical or mental, and you wonder, how did we get here? And where are we going to go if we continue on this path of trying to be something that we're not? You know what I mean? And yeah, it's just, I think when you work with the youth, especially, it's so important that you plant the seeds of truth and allow them to be curious and really to just explore who they are without having to feel like they need to conform to this narrative that's not even theirs. Um, and that their community, because of all of the trauma that it's been through, is going to try to force on them. Um, you really start to see this spark of newness that is so reflective of just our truth. And it's like very beautiful to see. And yeah, I'm just really excited to kind of see how that shifts the paradigm in which we operate as Caribbean people, because I think it is time, you know, it is time for us to let that stuff go. Like it's time. I call it collective grief that we all went through when we're talking about slavery and colonialism. Mm. And for those of us that went through hardships, um, it's still going on right now because I spoke to a youth um, at the networking uh, event that uh, the SHTA Association had recently. And she, I think she just graduated mm. from Milton Peters College and she was telling me about her experience um, in the different levels because in Milton Peters College, I don't know if you remember the structure that they have, like the Marvel, Havel, Fayweo. The Dutch um, system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, uh, she was telling me about uh, how competitive the students are in Havel and there's not that connection between the class. And then when she went to Marvel, there's not that much connection. Um, I mean, when she went to Marvel, there, there, there was that connection um, and there was not that competitive, uh, competitiveness that they had in Havel. And the, the, the relationships were a bit more mm-hmm. real. Um, and then in Havel, the relationships were a bit... I don't want to use the word fake, but maybe artificial. Um, so in the sense that it was not intimate. Yeah. And, you know, so mm. seeing that we still have this uh, cycle that is um, that toxic environment where students or young people feel unsafe or they can't feel that connection together with their peers. You know, it's disappointing, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a challenge that I'm willing to take on but i need the help of my other peers you know that did went away and study um that has that open mindset that has that emotional intelligence and have theories and methodologies that they learn and tools that can allow us to reflect on who we are so that we can reach that next level as island people so we can really live in harmony with nature so we can really live in harmony with with other people and develop values and principles that will allow us to, you know, be nice with each other. So hopefully, you know, that brain drain um, is going to end for St. Martin and then, you know, we have um, uh, a brain uh, a brain stimulation here on the island where all of our young people will come back with their experiences. But of course, St. Martin needs to develop those spaces. St. Martin needs to develop in a way that they can accept those persons who are open because right now St. Martin is not a welcoming welcoming place for those persons that have evolved and went to a next level intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. 
Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very. It is a struggle, you know, because it's like even like me being abroad, like I feel that heartstring, you know, every day of like. Yeah, but you left your home, you know, and like it's interesting, you know, that I feel like students today are feeling like their own peers are not being authentic in their relationships because for me growing up on the island I used to, it's funny when I was a kid I used to like have put America really on this pedestal of like this land of opportunity and I couldn't wait to get off this freaking rock to go there and like be the success that I knew I was gonna be and you know, like, I just couldn't wait because America was, like, real. And, you know, like, everybody, I felt like, you know, like, the people in San Martin just did not get me, didn't understand my goals, my vision. Like, they were living in this delusional bubble. And it was, like, irritating the crap out of me, honestly. Um, And I was like, yeah, America, they know what it is. Then I got there and it was the first time that I actually felt what it was like to be around phony, inauthentic people. And for the first time, I actually had so much gratitude for my education on the island because I realized that something that is so priceless is being able to be around people that allow you to be yourself 100% and will love you for it and aren't afraid for you to speak your mind and make them uncomfortable because that is where growth happens. And it was really like a shift in me that I used to think that American culture was like some of the greatest culture in the world because it's what's broadcasted like throughout the world. Everything is about the Western mindset and the Western framework of like how the world should be. And I realized that no, actually, no, like America ironically has it wrong like their culture has sort of been like transformed into what used to be something that was real and beautiful and inclusive to super inauthentic and just like doing whatever needs to be done just to make the buck and I recognize that say Martin's culture despite all of its chaos was actually something that was much realer and needed to be protected in a way that I did not acknowledge when I was there and so right now when I hear that children are now feeling like they 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 aren't able to even have that on the island like that really worries me because that to me is like the most priceless thing that you can have as a child is to be around people that allow you to just be yourself you know and I I totally acknowledge that teenagers say a lot of ignorant stuff and a lot of that can be very hurtful and eventually like when you grow up you have to work through it but I remember very distinctly just seeing like there are there were groups that I was a part of that really allowed you to have those spaces and that is something that I feel like now even in my work life gives me an edge because I at least have had that experience to see what really good culture can be that now when I walk around and it's all like all of this inauthentic experiences and people just trying to take advantage of you or use you or make the most that they can because they know you, 
it's like just so different that I feel like, oh my God, like I'm very lucky that I did not grow up here because I could only imagine what my mindset would be like if all I had ever experienced were people projecting their narratives onto me, were people only trying to use me because they want to get ahead or feeling like I could never build a genuine relationship with anybody um, to like make the most of this thing called life, you know? And yeah, I can't, like that really 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 worries me a bit to hear that kids don't have that or like they're recognizing that there is this sort of friction um but I'm curious like are there other trends that you've seen amongst the youth today um good or bad you know that have sort of just like opened your eyes to what the experience is for young children on the island currently in like the in St. Martin especially now given the pandemic and Irma and like all of these very abrupt changes that have been happening as of late that directly impact the youth, I think, more than people realize. Um, what did I see with youths while working at St. Martin Youth Brigade? So trends I see, of course, are still, you know, you know, the bullying. That's something that I, I feel like has to change, but will always be part of our society. But I feel we need to create spaces in order for our youth, our children to feel safe and um, protected. Um, that's something that we need to instill in our society. Discrimination and xenophobia is still something that is apparent. And a trend that I'm seeing for when I was in the St. Martin Brigade is that uh, youths are coming together to help certain youths that are going through um trauma i think they're more aware of their emotions they're more open and more mindful and they want to grow and that's something that i didn't experience when i was younger um that emotional intelligence and to really feel uh um, safe to express my emotions um i don't know how you grew up or where you grew up um, maybe you had a friend circle that would allow you to express your emotions. Um, but right now what I'm seeing is that they're very open uh, to if someone is feeling sad, someone is feeling angry, they're really responsive towards that and uh, they show empathy. Um, and for me, when I was growing up, I felt like I had to internalize all of my anger and frustration and I could never, you know, um, I can never express it because I would feel weak. There wasn't any tools or any ways that I felt that would be able would be able for me to release that anger or frustration. I would play sports, of course, but you know the sports was just for me to be competitive or for me to have a dream to be some kind of athlete. Uh, but it was never a means of me um, balancing my life, balancing my emotions. And I feel right now that these youths are starting to develop that concept and starting to embrace their emotions. So that's something that I see that as a positive trend with youths. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think empathy is so underrated. Like, that's not because like empathy, I feel like a lot of the time people sometimes confuse with like having pity for others, you know, like it's like, oh, like, yeah, I see you're sad and I feel bad for you. Um, but empathy, I feel like, is is very powerful in the sense of, like, it's not that I feel bad for you, but it's, like, I see myself in your pain. 
And because I can see myself in your pain, I can be there for you in a way that allows you to grieve and gives you space to sort of express what it is that you're feeling without it being like my internal ego is like getting something out of it. Like it's truly from a place of like helping and just being there um, instead of it like, oh, like this person is sad, like that sucks for you, you know, but like, yeah, uh, it's just, it is what it is, bro. Grow big, you know, grow thick skin, get over it. Uh, it's more of like, like what you're feeling is justified and it's okay. Like it is okay to feel that. And I feel like sometimes it's hard for men, especially to give their emotions space because I feel like especially in Caribbean culture black men especially are told like they have to be strong you have to be tough like you can't show any of those emotions because like you said it's viewed as weakness like oh you're weak you can't handle it like what are you a man which is like very very backwards to think like like why are men not allowed to be sensitive why are they not allowed to take up space and feel things outside of just like aggressive very just like masculine focused types of behavior like they should be allowed to also deal with their internal you know more feminine sides of themselves you should be able to be a nurturer for their own self without it being viewed as like you're less of a man because to me I view that as true strength you know if you're able to see that you're struggling and give yourself the space and have the language to understand how you're supposed to deal with that for yourself because everyone's a bit different in how they go about dealing with their emotions that is true strength like that to me is like actual power and clarity about who you are as a being um instead of like being so chokehold by your ego and like your ego's need to control everything that you can't even let these sides of yourself come out and to me it's like when you do therapy especially you're forced to confront the sides of yourself the parts of yourself that you neglect that you actually truly neglect, that you shove in a corner and say, I don't want to see you. I don't want to deal with you. You're not making me feel good. You're bad. I'm going to put you in a corner and I'm never going to look at you. And you're just going to sit there and we're going to pretend like you're not there because you're not really helping me right now. And I need to be strong, right? Because like, that's what this is about. I got to be strong. Um, and like when you go to therapy or even coaching and you're forced to look at that part of you that you've been ignoring and not giving room to breathe, like at least in my experience, it leads to a lot of crying because like it's like, holy crap, like I'm so sorry for like all of this time that I've not given you space to just be what it is that you wanted to give you the attention that you deserved in that moment to give you the love that you deserved in that moment and like it's kind of like very cathartic when you let a lot of that like pain come out because it's like damn like for the first time you're seeing these parts of you that you've neglected for so long that all they wanted was your attention and your unconditional love but all you did was like ignore 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 um, but then when you're able to sort of relinquish that hold that your ego has and like, no, you cannot be like this. You cannot have these parts of you. It's so healing. Like it's so healing. And it's like you feel it not only emotionally, but physically in like your energy signature. You feel that release of like, 
all of these blockages that you've been holding on to in your physical body that then manifests as disease and illness. And so it's like so important to have empathy for others, especially as we go through this healing journey, because it is going to be messy, you know, like it's not going to be like beautiful, like, oh, like we're all our higher selves and everything is good and we meditate and breathe and we're all in alignment. Like, no, like there are moments where it's like really messy and like you're like dripping snot and tears because you're just like, oh, my God, like I'm feeling all of this. Um but then at the end, like you come home to yourself. And I feel like that that is what this journey of life is like all about. And it's very beautiful to see the kids are having empathy in ways that adults that are supposed to be their role models don't. And giving that space for each other so that they can all heal and not continue these cycles of trauma that don't do anything for us they do not serve us at all and they're not our burden to bear like they're really not um so yeah that's like so beautiful so beautiful to hear it the kids are doing that because I mean yeah I was lucky to have friends that did give me that space but that doesn't mean that there weren't times where I like would cry, you know, just in like in my corner because I didn't want anybody to see me cry because I viewed that as weakness, you know, and I didn't want people to see me cry because then they would say, oh, Harsha's weak, you know, like, ha ha ha, like this is, we can poke at her here. Um, and I realized like that was just not serving me and I, I had to let that go. But it takes like being committed to yourself enough to do that spiritual work of like, I realize that you're on this path. It's not working. You can feel it in your in your life that it's not working. Are you going to make the decision to change it? Or are you going to continue lying to yourself and living this path that is not for you? You know. I, I totally agree, and I'm happy that you were committed to yourself so that you can express your emotions. Um, and I feel that. This environment allowed, you know, a lot of toxic uh, male masculinity in the Caribbean to, you know, uh, spread amongst uh, different generations. And mm. uh, like, whenever you're going to reflect and you're going to look inwards, it's going to be something deep. It's going to be something intimate. And it's going to hurt so much. Um, and we need to start that process. And everyone needs to know the truth that once you self-reflect mm. inwards, it's going to look ugly and it's okay. Um, you need to have that balance of, you know, that masculine energy and that feminine energy. And too much times here in the Caribbean, mm. uh, I can just speak for our young boys, me being younger and right now being a whole man, you know, too much times we embrace too much that masculine side and try to express that masculine side. But we need to understand, you know, we were born with feminine energy and masculine energy to understand how to balance those both in order for us to move forward and be great partners for um, women, for males as well. Um, because I believe in, you know, um, if you are a man and you want to be with a man, or if you are a woman and you want to be with this woman, you know, so um, understanding those types of relationships and understanding that those ways of moving forward and being progressive within our country is something that is vital and important. And we need to educate our youth. We need to educate even 
our adults about those progressive mindsets. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough because I feel like, especially when we're talking about embracing, and it's it's really annoying that this is even non-conventional, like ways of expressing one's sexuality because the Caribbean has been indoctrinated heavily with these Christian beliefs that uh, it can be really tough for I think a lot of adults that were raised in this very like Methodist or Catholic background um, to see that people expressing themselves as just how they are is not bad you know that it's not wrong that it's not something that needs to be corrected you know and I think that that is going to be a very tough conversation because I don't like I feel like people sort of build a lot of these ideas in their head to really just make it easier for themselves right to make it easy for them to exist in this world to move through the world Um, And so they hold on to a lot of these beliefs, mainly out of self-preservation, you know, out of like, this is what they think is right. And so if you don't conform to that, then you are the problem. Um, But a part of that healing, especially of that colonial, all of the, the traumas that we got from our time being, you know, a part of different colony, which I mean, we still, we still, we still dare, um, I think that will be really tough too because I think people aren't even ready to have that conversation of the fact that like people like I don't know it's like so backwards to me that like we talk about like all of our schools like a lot of the public schools were started by nuns that came to the island to educate and civilize the people and these are the same institutions that continue to raise the children and for me it's just like very backhanded in a way that it's like we're continuing to allow these frameworks to exist that were put here to civilize us in the first place. And it was like, who said we needed to be civilized? Oh yeah, the colonial master did, you know? And so it's like, it's tough because there's so many layers to these seeds that have been deeply, deeply planted that people's whole identity and their whole belief system is tied to these seeds and they weren't even theirs to begin with. And I feel like when you take that away from people, they almost feel like they have to defend it because like their ego doesn't know what else to grab onto to justify its existence. It's like, well, if you take all of these things that I say is me away from me, then what am I? And then it starts to get very nasty and very defensive and very deflective. And it's like, ego, it's okay, my love. Like, it's okay. Like, I know it hurts. I know it hurts to see everything that's been done to you like I know it hurts like I am with you I get it that shit hurts my man like I get it but don't you think it's time to let it go so that you can actually be free so that you can just be who it is you were meant to be without all of these layers of like just other people's ideas of what you're supposed to be placed on top of you and living through that as opposed to just living as you are and yeah I don't know what it'll take to shift that because that is gonna be I feel like really 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 hard for people to let go of because they've built their entire identity around it you know that I don't know like how they're gonna 
how they're going to deal with that one. I I really don't know because it's not even just a Caribbean issue. It's a global issue and yeah. Yeah, that's a tough that, one. It really is a tough one. Yeah, and something that I think that is leading to a paradigm shift here and this is globally as well. Um we had a lot of traditional values um maybe they were imposed by us or not not let me not say maybe they were imposed by us. Um and I'm seeing a lot of different cultures that are breaking those traditional values to be more inclusive to allow for mm. a new a set of principles and values, a new culture that is more inclusive with everyone. Um, so that's something mm. that, you know, it's personal. And um, because I want to protect the information that I receive, I want to make sure that I'm not saying too much. Uh, but mm. that's something that I'm seeing with the younger generation, with all of this information readily available online, readily available in libraries, we are beginning to become more knowledgeable and I'm saying mm. this because I want to manifest it. And I believe St. Martin become, can become a knowledge society if we you know, embrace and utilize the power of the information that we're getting from the internet. Um, that's something that is important for us to continuously improve, use this information in order for us to become more knowledgeable as a society and make sure that we're more inclusive as a society to make sure that our culture evolves because every culture starts to evolve every, each period in time. And I think this is the time now that we're going to have mm. a revolution that the younger generation is becoming open in order for us to reach that level that I'm always talking about, that higher level, that, you know, that higher value self of yourself that you want to obtain. I think that the younger generation is smart to start that movement. And we need to be the ones that are guide them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly like even when I was a kid, I always felt like there was something divine about our people being born where we are, you know, on this rock in the middle of the ocean, basked by the the beautiful frequencies that the sun sends our way and all the good vibrations that the land has. I feel like St. Martin's a very magical and sacred place. Um, that has unfortunately kind of got caught up in a lot of very ego-driven behavior due to the complex history of the Caribbean. Um, but going off of that, I'm very curious then, like, what I guess do you see is sort of like a vision for the island's progress in this way? Because at least from my perspective, like, I really and truly have always hoped that we return to being people of the land, you know, being people of the sea um, and really like having that be the core of our identity and stop trying to conform to these very like European ideas of what modern society ought to be and return to what we know we are, which is beings of nature um, and being like these high vibrational spiritual beings that are here to really help shift our global society into one that is more open, more loving, more understanding, but most importantly, more connected to truth and to the land from which we emerge from. Um, but yeah, I'm curious like what your vision of the island is or what you kind of hope it'll be sort of in this paradigm shift of 
all of us sort of relinquishing these lower vibrations of trauma that we've all experienced and really trying to do the work to just be whole and to be just at peace deep within ourselves instead of trying to constantly be something else um, which is just not who we are yeah um my vision for saint martin i don't want to sound too utopian um because this is something that we can achieve and it's realistic and i feel that and i'm going to constantly say this if you know anyone that talked to me talks to me um, maybe this is a vocabulary or word or a topic that I constantly say. Um, but I truly believe in a vision where St. Martin is a knowledge society, where we embrace the power of knowledge. Um, I, I think that education is that one key that will lift us out of poverty, that will help us attain and achieve success for the nation and not for certain, certain groups or families but it will go across the board for everyone. So what I envision is that in St. Martin, first, we're going to um, have a society that is balanced, that, is, that, that, that embraces holistic wealth, I mean health, that embraces holistic health and has mm. have the balance of the environment, have the balance of um, being healthy within us as a people and that we're embracing love and that we treat each other with kindness and that we have values and principles, um, you know, that are realistic, that are real and not authentic and that we're not placing our value in certain um, 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 buildings or certain materials and to, to go away and shift away from materialistic um, um, values but we go into having values of treating people humanely. So that's one aspect, you know, that humane mm. aspect of making sure that we can treat other people as if they're humans. And then the second aspect is success. I believe that St. Martin can have success and it's not just going to be concentrated, consolidated um, in just in politics or just in um, foreign investors coming here to the island to get a quick buck and then after getting out as soon as possible, but it's distributed amongst the entire society. Amongst the entire society. So I truly believe from a holistic health perspective and from an economic perspective, St. Martin and its people, regardless of your background, you will achieve and attain that uh, health that is holistic, that is in harmony with environment and that we protect the environment and that we also achieve that success on an economic level so that we all can be comfortable and that's my vision for St. Martin and that's what mm. I want us to visualize beautiful that's the bigger picture for us right and I also want it to be a, 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 um, a future where we can work together with other nations I know we have this history um, of enslavement towards the Netherlands. And right now we're going through this apology or not apology or reparations or no reparations. Um, but I truly believe that we need to have a cooperation with other countries. And it's a benefit if we have a, a, 
a nation that developed the way how it developed that masters the water that has engineers that has this knowledge society that we can actually learn from them we are a small nation and the netherlands became the netherlands because it it was allowed to you know liberate itself from spain when it was being colonized and conquered by spain and they developed their culture they developed their language mm. so i believe that st martin needs to have that same kind of level of um i wouldn't want to say independence yet because i feel that we need to achieve so much different things before we can reach that level but i do want to say that we should get that authority to develop the nation and we should do it on our own so that we can be partners with other international uh with other our, our global community i don't want us to be a burden i don't want us to be a, um begging for handouts all the time i don't want us to be imported all the time i want mm. us to export. i want us to be partners Facts. i want us to give to the global community exactly if it's knowledge if it's resources but in this state that we're in all the time having our hands up all the time feeling that we're being oppressed i don't want to be a victim anymore i want to be a powerful mm. nation and i want our citizens to feel powerful no more nation, i don't want our people as part of a nation that feels part of the global community so that's my vision facts that is beautiful love it I stand behind this because I everything you said is yeah it's exactly 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 I'm curious you mentioned like holistic health um how do you go about that like in your current life like are there practices that you have um sort of incorporated into your living as of today that sort of just is moving you towards that more holistic, um, all-encompassing way of viewing health. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious <laughs> about yeah. that. Um, so I love martial arts. However, I feel that martial mm. arts fit, um, how do you say, it's, 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 a, it's, it's not only aggression. However, you need to use a lot of strength. You need to use hmm. your body in a different way. Um, sometimes you need to be aggressive in order for you to attain or achieve a win or a point. Um, and I felt like for me, I needed something that was more calm, more tranquil. And uh, yoga became a practice that I incorporated into my health. I think the principles of hmm. being mindful and meditation is something that helped me to become more calm and more still. Um, I wanted to have a deeper connection with who mm. I am and with the universe. And, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. I went to a Christian school. I went to Hillside Christian School. Um, and I believed in the, ideolo in the Christian ideology. Um, but growing up and moving to the Netherlands and having that community that introduced me to yoga allowed me to be more open about other religions, other spiritualities. And for me, I feel that I would like to be more connected with the universe and connected with other religions and spiritualities. I don't want to just have one religion where I conform to and I believe like this is the, the only religion and if you don't believe in it, you know, you'll go to hell or something like that. Uh, I mean, 
a devil worshiper. No, I feel it. You know, I feel like I feel like this world and this universe is so big, and to think that your religion is the only religion that will um, that that will liberate people and make them go to heaven and have this internal peace. Um, I feel like that's a bit egotistical, um, and you know, you're not embracing other people, right? So you're telling other people to follow your practices, your spirituality. So um, to bring it back all the way to yoga, um, that allowed me to, you know, research more about India and how yoga started and healing practices that it has, the chakras. And I got so interested in it and said, you know what, this is going to be a tool. This is going to be something that I'm going to master and I want to bring it back to the community. So I started doing yoga, but I thought that, okay, this is not that challenging. Um, I need something that's a bit more challenging, even though I want to be tranquil and calm. Um, so I started to do acro yoga, and that's a partner. Uh, and I teach that here in St. Martin for free to the community. So if anyone wants to learn about yoga and be mindful and have some meditation, um, I do it every Sunday at the Emilio Wilson's Park. So I don't charge anything. I just want to make sure that I give back to my community. And I think it's a very important tool that you can use in your life or in your lifestyle, your health lifestyle, to improve whatever you're going through. That is so awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it's interesting because, like, I had the background of learning about yoga and meditation through my dad's side of the family but growing up on St. Martin where it is very Christian based I wanted nothing to do with it you know it was like that thing that made you other and kids laughed at you so I wanted nothing to do with it it was like really unfortunate um but then like you know similarly when I left and I was in college I was just really stressed out um from engineering um because it's a very t- mentally taxing degree to pursue, uh, especially being in a foreign country, pretty much by yourself. It's very gray. You're the first time you're, you know, experiencing lack of sunlight and vitamin D deficiency. And meditation and yoga were like really and truly my saving grace. Like they were the things that really caused this internal shift. And when you do these practices, you realize that there's more to your body being than you're even aware of most of the time and for me that was the thing that really spurred my deep deep curiosity and sort of like even reignited this flame that was already deep within me that I had just neglected for all of those years and it's so incredibly transformative to see like even me now versus me then it's almost like two completely different people just from the the feeling of your energy, feeling your chakras. Um, and it not just be words that you use, but it's actual, like you feel it. Like it's not just, oh, like what is chi? Yeah, it's, you know, the life force. Like it's something that you feel in your being and it's something that you can grow, something you can expand. And it's like, incredibly powerful and I wish that for every human being to feel their life force because it's like we're so conditioned to thinking like 
all you need is to eat food and drink water and that'll be it. But we fail to recognize the role that sunlight, the real role of water and not just any water, like living water, like high quality water um, and the types of foods that you put in your body and the breath Oh my gosh, like the breath, something that we take for granted. And it's literally the gift of life. Like, okay, you cannot eat, you can fast for days, but you cannot live without your breath or water. Like you will die in 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 day. Like with the breath, it'll be seconds. With water, it'll be days. And so it's like you would think that we would place more emphasis on these things that literally give us life, but we we kind of write them off as like insignificant or it doesn't matter. And when you look at like agencies that talk about food and wellness, they never mention these things. And it's like so backwards almost um, that it takes like going into these practices to really understand the truth of our beingness and the value that yoga brings in cultivating balance, not just in your physiology, but really like cultivating ethics and morals that align with nature and the being of universe and like all the power and truth that lies within us that we just ignore through like most of our day to day. And it's just so beautiful to hear that you know, someone that does grow up in a very Christian mindset of like anything that's not God is obviously bad or that's a demon or whatever. Um, Like these were the narratives that I had to grow up hearing about my own family, which again, like caused me a lot of internal suffering and anger towards my own community of like, how could you even say this about my own family? Um, To now sort of just acknowledging that those people don't know any better. You know, they're just operating in what they know and this is what they know. And I was too young to acknowledge that. And so I internalized that as just anger um, and resentment, um, which didn't help me either. If anything, it took me off the path that I was going to be on, but it's okay because we come back and it gives you really deep gratitude and awareness of like, that there are these practices that have deep, deep knowing about our consciousness. And if only we open ourselves up to experiencing what they can give us, it really will transform your life, like literally transform your life. And I'm curious, like, do you also eat very like raw based or like, uh, um, like more alkaline in focus or, I guess, like, I'm just curious, like, how nutrition also plays a role in your health. Because for me, like, I've been taking, uh, like, these multivitamins that is not just multivitamins, but they really have, like, trace minerals and, like, the right fats and stuff, which the body needs to sort of cultivate this um, human battery that we are to channel that energy from the universe into our actual being. Yeah. So I change my eating habits. Um, my wife is a food scientologist mm. and uh, I look, I lean upon her knowledge in order for us to build our diet. Mm. Um, so wow. I am vegetarian and uh, so I don't eat any mm. red meats. Um, we took out fried food out of our diets as well. Sometimes I do have like a cheat day where I eat like fries but it's like once in every three months or four months. Um, but my mm. wife, 
is about being mindful about the food that you put in your body, um, making sure that we don't eat oily foods. Um, actually, we have a mm. program where we buy uh, a ready-made food that comes from um, Arena Base Cafe, which is like this healthy restaurant. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, but mm. they have meal plans in order for you um, if you're eating if you want to shift and have a healthy lifestyle, so that's something that we do. And we always read the papers in the back because she studies science and she knows about chemistry and all of the different uh, chemicals and everything like that. She makes sure to inform me about the, you know, um, the healthy chemicals and what you need in your body and what uh, you need in order for you to be more productive, in order for you to be more mindful. So these are practices that we instill and we to um you know pass it on to our family members pass it on to our future kids so definitely mindful about the food that we put in our body yeah that that is so so good because i feel like yeah these are the little things that people don't realize like make a huge impact in your overall feeling of wellness like your quality of life like goes up so much when you just like really act with intention in these key areas of your life because you would think like our bodies are something that literally help us manifest our experience and if our body is neglected if it's lethargic it's not feeling very good you're always uncomfortable you can't really sleep well all of that manifests in like how you perceive the world, you know, like how you're going to go about your day, how you interact with people, all of that like translates. And it's like when you really take that intention to like work on it, it really is night and day. Like it's night and day how great your experience of life can be, you know, it's like so amazing. I chanted from the mountaintops. I'm like, people, hear me. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I told my wife that I wanted to um, transform my body. Um, I feel that I wanted to be more lean and more muscular and uh, preparing for a competition. Mm. This was back in COVID time, and I'm thinking ahead, um, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, I know when this COVID situation is over, everything is going to go back to normal, um, and I'm, I need to be prepared for competition. So. I just had in my mindset that I wanted to be healthy enough for me to compete at the high level as an athlete. So that's where we embrace, you know, that's where we did more research into establishing, okay, what would make us happy? You know, what would make us sleep better? What would make us perform at the higher level? So these are the things that I wish that we as a community could embrace more because I see that we're embracing a lot of fast food, a lot of fried foods. And it's really bad for us, our eating habits and the impact that, that it has on our body. And I know we glorify a lot of the foods that we eat because it's tradition, it's culture, and it's passed down from our ancestors. However, I do feel that we need to, be, to have a more healthier lifestyle in order for us to live longer, in order for us to be mm. higher, and for us to treat each other with more um, empathy and kindness and happiness. You need to eat the right foods mm. because it influences and has a much bigger impact for your future. Exactly, exactly. And I'm curious, like going off of, you know, preparing for an athlete, 
how do you look at recovery? Because I feel like that's also very important in like in your journey and just building, you know, a very healthy body. Are there specific things that you do to help yourself recover, especially like when you're doing a lot of these movements that might shift your, you know, alignment of like your bones or, you know, just like, yeah, like are there specific things that you do to assist with like your overall recovery process as well? Yeah, so recovery is something that I want to be conscious about. And uh, I used to take protein um, that was manufactured and I never looked at the label, never cared about it, um, never thought anything about it. But now uh, what I do, I have plant-based. I eat plant-based as well. Um, even though I'm pescatarian, mm-hmm. I try my best to eat plant-based, um, eat a lot of nuts. Um, so I take uh, protein in order for me to recover. But natural things like going to the beach because it has a lot mm-hmm. of salt and just laying there in the salt water or going for a swim, that's something that I try to incorporate every Sunday because I go to the gym from Monday to Friday and then I do jiu-jitsu after mm. the gym in the evening and then on Saturday I have open mats. So I have the Sunday where I go mostly to the beach after um, after I train and after I do yoga and after I train for flag football, um, I go to the beach, try to be calm, try to be still in the water at the salt heal whatever wounds that I have or try to recover the muscles that I have. And recently we just bought a massage gun and we bought that massage gun in order for us to relax, in order for me and her, whenever we have certain pains within our body so that we deviate pain and sleep better as well. So we try to massage the body before we go to sleep. So these are the different things that we use, you know, I think eating very well is important it's good for recovery so we do a lot of shakes almost every other day or every day we drink shakes filled with fruits um sometimes we put um almond milk um so it's very important for us to use natural fresh fruits for our recovery as well and sleeping is important even though i don't sleep as often I'm going to be honest about that. I sleep late sometimes. Um, and I always feel like I have to be on the go. I have to be a machine so I don't normally sleep. But sleep is a big part of recovery and something that I need to incorporate into uh, my routine. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sleep is my A1 day one. Like, I love... <laughs> I love sleeping. Oh, gosh. It's just so good. Like, every morning, I'm like, do I have to get out of this bed? Like, it's just so comfortable. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, as we wrap up the podcast, I guess, like, do you have any last words of wisdom for the people? Um, Yeah, just, like, any advice, things that you think people should hear right now in these crazy times of uncertainty with all this shifting happening about you know, just to kind of help them get grounded and focused. I don't want to take too much time in giving advice, um, but I just want to say, you know, that all of us are on our heroes. And I know it's hard, the path, the journey for each and every one of us, but there's a bigger picture and a bigger purpose when you try to embrace good things. 
um, and understand that when you're feeling uncomfortable, that means that you're going through a process of growth. So being in an uncomfortable situation, or if you're putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation, whether it's in a room with people who are smarter than you, whether it's in a room of people who think differently from you, whether it's you seeking therapy, or you being more inclusive and accepting of others, and you feel uncomfortable, you're in the process of growth. And that's a good thing. Um, and, you know, we're all heroes within our own story. And our story is going to live forever. So think about the bigger picture and what you can do for your society. And I believe if we work together here on St. Martin, greater good and develop principles and values in order for us to live holistically and in harmony with the environment and each other, I think that would help St. Martin reach that level that we all dream of for St. Martin.